coming up on guys talking sports we talk about the nfl we talk about the nfl east we talk about the philadelphia eagles we talk about the new york giants we talk about the washington football team so we're going to talk about it all we're also going to talk about the Pittsburgh steelers losing their first game so we're going to talk all nfl we're also going to talk about the ncaa college football team big 10 announcing that they will allow ohio state to play in the college championship i mean they're um, conference championship game. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to definitely talk about that. And we talk about the NBA. We talk about the Houston Rockets, the Washington Wizards. We talk about John Wall. We talk about Russell Westbrook. We talk about James Harden, if he's going to go to Philly. We're going to talk all about it all. My co-host, Dyson Smooth, join me on Guys Talking Sports. And that begins right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Appreciate all the love and support out there. We really do. Everybody out there that's sending that love, comments, subscriptions, I like to say thank you. We like to say thank you. Uh, but right now, we're going to get right into it. We got lots to talk about. So I got my co-host nice and smooth. So what's going on, fellas? How you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm feeling, feeling like I'm damn near 100%. You know what I'm saying? Coronavirus be damned. Ain't, ain't shit keep me down. <laughs> that don't mean y'all niggas shouldn't be waiting. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> sorry, sir. This is a family show. This is a family show. <laughs> Plainfield Play came out. I'm sorry. Right. Up. Jersey, what up? Uh, that doesn't mean you individuals out there in cyberspace should not be wearing masks. <laughs> Thank you. That's my public safety announcement. <laughs> Uh, in the words of Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory, Bazinga. <laughs> I'll, I'll do one even better. In the words of the Mandalorian, this is the way. Oh. Uh, yes. Yes. So, without any further ado, this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Exactly. Exactly. So, we're going to get right into it. We got a lot to talk about in the world of sports. So what better way to talk about than the NFL? So we're gonna get right into it. Of course, the New York Giants um, and the Washington, um, uh, the Washington football team are now five and seven in the NFC East. Um, Giants respectively winning four straight, the Washington football team winning three straight. So I'm gonna go to the resident Giants and ask him his thoughts about his team's hot winning streak at the moment. So what's going on? Let me know your thoughts about the New York Giants smooth and the four game winning streak. And how is that working out for your team? Well, I didn't see that in them. <laughs> I darn sure didn't see the win against the Seahawks in them. That I was shocked with Colt McCoy as a quarterback. I just penciled that one as a loss. It just didn't seem realistic. They will go to Seattle and beat the Seahawks with Colt McCoy as the quarterback. Um, but they did uh, by effectively running the football. But the Giants have been trending up the last couple of weeks. Um, playing um, the head coach has to be given a lot of credit for this. He's got this team playing well. Um, it didn't look pretty in the beginning. <laughs> it didn't look pretty at all. But over the last couple of weeks, I'd probably say more so the last six or so weeks, they've been playing a lot better. They've been actually pretty competitive outside of maybe one loss, but they've been pretty competitive in, in all the games they've been playing in the season, even the ones that they did, that they did lose to. 
Um, but um, I mean, credit his team. They're playing um, the more consistent, maybe not flashy, uh, but more consistent football um, in that division than anybody else really is. And I think it's a surprise to most people because I don't think after the one and seven start, most people didn't see this in them. Um, as many people as a Giants fan, I was thinking they were going to, you know, round off and try to get a top pick, maybe get a one of the top three picks, maybe go after a new QB. But um, Daniel Jones has cut down the turnovers and interceptions. Um, they've been running the football well with Wayne, with Wayne Gallman. Um, um, the defense, which is actually a lot better um, than most people thought. And I thought they were pretty good. They just had some, you know, deficiencies in the secondary, but they've tightened it up. I mean, James Bradbury um, has been a, a, a definite um, nice pickup. Um, Julius Peppers is coming in. Um, oh, yeah. He got traded. He got hmm? Peppers. Huh? Julius Peppers is your alias, you know, when we were out west. <laughs> Julius Peppers, you, you lost me on that one. He used to play defensive end for the Carolina Panthers. Remember Warren, Sp- Warren Sapp, Julius Peppers? We'll, we'll talk about that one later. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 uh, I guess I forgot something. Hulk Hogan's wife? wife? <laughs> He's still not catching you. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyway. <laughs> but, well, no, you meant Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers. I said yeah. Julius Peppers. Jabril Julius Peppers, Peppers is the Hall of Famer. Well, he's soon to be Hall of Fame. Yes, Jarrell Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have before the like, so, so many Easter eggs there. I'm not dying. I'm telling you. <laughs> anyway, I, I am shocked that they're that they're that they already are right now and you know in the top of the division. Um, but you know, it could be the division was bad as a whole, but the one thing I can say about the Giants, they compete every week. Um, they play hard from the first snap to the end snap. Um, can't You couldn't say that the last couple of seasons. You even got, um, I think, OBJ, who was kind of uh, wishing he was back on the squad a little bit. Um, but as of right now, I am shocked. I, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if they're going to finish the season um, in the top of the division with a playoff record. Um, but stranger things have happened in the NFL, and this has been a very – very strange season, so I don't know what to think. Y'all got the I'll just take. I'll just take it. I'll take each. You know, each week as it comes. I'm sorry. Do you guys? Do you guys play the Washington football team uh, anymore this season? Uh, I know we swept them. Oh, so you got the tie break right off the top. Okay. So in other words, just four. You got four games left. Yep. I don't. I don't foresee y'all. Y'all split with Philly? Uh, we split with Philly, but we should have beat them. Should have beat them twice. And you still, I guess, you just have the Cowboys left. The Cowboys is the last game of the season. So unless you guys have some sort of monumental collapse, it's y'all's to lose, pretty much. <laughs> like I said, I don't know what to think. I'm gonna just take it <laughs> game by game. You sound like me last year with the Niners. <laughs> that is true. You sound like you st- this almost does sound similar to how you were smooth. I mean, hey, Ace. Like, I know. Like I said, I know what to think. They got the Cardinals next week. Um, they have to still have the Ravens. Um, they got the Browns too. The following the Browns. Yep. Um, and they got the Cowboys. I mean, 
They could win all four. They could lose all four. You know what? I don't know. When it comes to the Cardinals, you got to think. I want to say you got to thank St. Louis for smacking the hell out of Kyler Murray because he had got hurt, I think, during that game. Mm-hmm. He ain't been running the rock like he used to. I think that pop kind of, kind of like, uh, kind of put him in a shell shock type of thing where he ain't trying to be that dude running the ball no more because he got popped real good. And, yeah, definitely. And I think because of what the Rams did that one game, it's kind of neutralized the Cardinals a little bit. So the only team I can sit there and honestly say that might give you guys a go, and this is crazy to say, but Cleveland. If it's the same Cleveland that, that, smoked, the, that smoked the Titans – then yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. If it's not that um, Cleveland team, like, like I said, all four games are very gettable, winnable games, but they can also be, if we if we revert back to some old tendencies, you know, we can lose. But I think if they, if they could at least win two out the next four, then I think they should be able to uh, wrap up the division. You got to beat the Cowboys. Got to be the Cowboys. Um, because what's your record? Five and five and eight, five and nine, five and seven, five and seven. Yeah, we're five and seven. The Redskins are five and seven, but the Redskins have a little easier, um, last four game stretch than we do. And I, I gotta give props to props to do once again, Alex Smith and his re and his reconstructed leg is balling. <laughs> And it makes Ron Rivera look like a, a, a freaking genius by benching um, by benching old boy. Can't think of his name. Um, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Now, was that is that genius or is that just luck? Because he put in Kyle Allen and Kyle Allen got hurt, and then Alex Smith got the job by default. So I don't know if I'll go ahead and say yeah. genius. Yeah, I think that was just a def- that was like one of those. You know, type of moves. Next man up. Yeah. Is it? Let's think about it like this. If you have a guy who, let's just say you're a GM coach, whatever, and you you have your quarterback who had a horrific injury, say like Alex Smith, but his comeback, and you see what he's doing in practice, but you're leery because you're afraid that if you put him in, he's going to get hurt again. So you don't necessarily pull the trigger with him initially, but I guess it was the football gods, not to say that wishing Kyle, you know, Kyle Allen to get hurt so that Alex Smith could be where he is right now. But I honestly would have to think it's sort of like the football gods saying, look, this is where he needs to be. And you got to get past that fear of him getting hurt. Because I think I heard, I think I read something or heard something on ESPN where they said that they're just fearful with him as far as trying to scramble to get extra yards. It's like, look, man, just get down. Don't, don't get hit. We just don't want you getting hurt again. And I think that's what Ron Rivera is probably why he was afraid to pull the trigger. He just doesn't want to be the coach to say he put him in there because he's trying to win and he gets hurt again. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's legit. I think everybody would think that way. Personally. That's, that's one way of looking at it. I, I, I do agree. Yeah. Uh, he might've been a little bit hesitant, but I don't know. Also, the other side, I flip coin could say if Kyle, Kyle Allen doesn't get hurt, Alice Smith wouldn't be pl- would probably not be playing if Kyle Allen was still playing better. The genius move would have been if he would have not got hurt, 
and the Redskins would have had the record of that right now. So, hmm. Alex Smith looks good. He hasn't played football in two years. Probably saved his body some wear and tear. If you're a GM owner of the Washington, excuse me, the Washington football team, what do you do with Haskins? Do you put him in the Josh Rosen category and just say, hey, let some other team deal with him? Ride the Alex Smith wave for another year or two? Bring in some other quarterbacks? And then keep it moving? Because this was the thought process of Giants fans before this this winning streak, uh, so to speak, was kind of kind of in play. So you guys don't have the the uh, sunshine <laughs> fever that you once had. <laughs> Not until he throws some interceptions and turns the ball over. No, <laughs> I think they, I think the Giants is in a place where they are content right now. <laughs> Not as much as it was before. I give Giants all the props in the world because their offensive line is actually playing well. And they finally shored up the offensive line. Daniel Jones could cut down on the turnovers. You don't necessarily, I mean, the Giants could play a King's Ransom and bring OJ, uh, OBJ back. The question is, do they want him back? <laughs> if he says he wanted to come back, you know, because Cleveland is going to want their King's Ransom right back. <laughs> <laughs> but why would I mean? But why would I mean? I'm I'm just curious, and maybe smooth. You can answer this question: Why would they accept BJ to come back, or even consider think, it? I don't think they would. Um, but you know, if he was a free agent out there, and you can get him on the cheap, <laughs> maybe you can convince the Meyer family because he had issues with the coach, the, the prior coach, but the GM was still there as well. So he has issues with the GM too. So I would say if it was a different GM and maybe if Joe Judge says, you know, I can work with this guy, I can get him in line and get him to the target for Daniel Jones. Um, maybe, but I don't think they would. Who's your number one? I mean, you want to call him a number one, Darius Slayton, but I mean, that's the one thing they probably need to address um, as well as some, you know, shore up the defense. We need to find a, a like a, a certified number one. And maybe they can do that in, in this year's draft. I think, I think y'all have one. You just don't know it yet. Well, someone out there got to do it and step up, but on a consistent basis, but I will say it is yes to, the offensive line is definitely has been rounding out a lot better. Um, our, our our first round draft pick Thomas from uh, from Alabama, he's finally <laughs> starting to look good because he was looking horrendous in the beginning of the season. Um, so it looks like it's finally starting to click for him. Um, as far as Daniel Jones is concerned, um, I'm, yeah, I, I agree. They're content right now. Next year is going to be you know, the, the year. I think they're going to they're gonna ride with them, but next year is going to have to be the year. They're going to need to see some serious progression. And I think that would dictate whether or not they're going to ride with them, give them a long-term contract, or they're going to kind of do like the one and done and see if they can find somebody else. 
your number one wide receivers on your practice squad. But he ain't played because in the beginning of the season, he had got COVID. And this got kind of buried, but I'm just saying, you know, he did. Let me guess. He's a, let me guess. He's a West Virginia alumni. You know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason why I got to be hearing about this. <laughs> you trying to tell me you you trying to say David Sills can't be that dude? Hey, look, man. You look, you come, you come, you suit up. You come on the field. You play. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of where you came from. <laughs> like as long as you're hey, as long as you're wearing that blue. That's all that matters at this stage. <laughs> Man, look, wide receivers could they come out of West Virginia that do damn well in college, suck ass in the pros. Yeah, what happened to your what, what happened to my man, the other dude that went to Chicago? Kevin White? Yeah. You with the 49ers. Man, I, 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 I had high hopes for him. So did I. He had high injuries. <laughs> a whole lot of them. <laughs> yeah, That'll do it. True. He still got paid, so I just hope you hope you did well. You know you're from Plainfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but, uh, Kazir, his youngest brother, was just, uh, he's a linebacker slash DB for the Chargers and just got hurt. So the family got money now. You know, it's just unfortunate they ain't, they ain't doing shit in the league. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we can continue talking more about the, the Giants and Washington. But let's stay in the NFC East because there was an actual benching that happened that took place with um, Carson Wentz um, being benched for Jalen Hurts. And from what I've seen... You know, Jalen Hurts immediately came in and was very productive. So going forth, Jalen Hurts will now be the starter um, for next um, next Sunday's, I mean, well, Sunday's game um, for the Eagles. So let me get your thoughts on Jalen Hurts being the starter for the Philadelphia Eagles. Let, let, let's hear from the man who's in the, who's in the weeds down there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a... It's a mixed reaction down here um, as far as from the Philadelphia fans. Some people say it was time for a change. Other people are saying that it's not time for a change. Some people are saying that they don't, be- that they don't believe in Jalen Hurts, um, regardless of what he did in, in uh, you know, Alabama or r- really Oklahoma, where he had, you know, some sick numbers. Um, but um This is this is just, they're, they're in a tough situation because I mean when you bench a quarterback that you just gave him a huge contract to, um, it shows that your confidence right there with him is shaken. His confidence is shaken. I think the Eagles organization had a lot of injuries. Their whole they had so many injuries. I mean a plethora. I mean your offensive line is got just got completely wrecked, just like Dallas did. Um, his go-to receiver Zach Ertz has been out. Um, so he doesn't have his safety his safety blanket. Their running their running game is non-existent. Um, so they don't have much. And Carson Wentz is trying to make you know wine out of some bad water, and it ain't looking good. And he's been throwing a lot of picks, making bad decisions, holding on to the ball too long. But you know the organization itself have not been able to put some decent weapons around him to at least alleviate the pressure, so he doesn't feel like he has to do it all. 
So you're going to go to Hertz. Hertz can move around a little bit better. Do I, do I think it's a better arm than Wentz? No. Um, do I think he might be over a better quarterback than Wentz? At this point, no. However, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen. But this benching, somebody's going to have to go come next season. It's going to have to be Wentz or the coach. And if you get rid of Wentz, there's a $60 million cap hit going towards the cap next season. So I know they, they don't really want to do that. So Peterson may go, but he won a Super Bowl, so he might have a little bit more rope. But something's going to have to change over there because it ain't working as it is right now. And maybe come next year when you get some you know people back you know healthy, maybe everything will look better. But Wentz was – ever since Nick Foles won that Super Bowl and he put that damn statue out there you know, in front of the damn stadium of Nick Foles – Wentz was just a dead man walking. I mean, I'd have been like, trade me, because he'll never – I think he's still going to be a quality quarterback. I just don't think he's going to ever be the quarterback that he really can be playing in Philly. Well, I I, I, I kind of agree with you. I thought that for the fact that once that happened, it was just that he was putting too – he was put in a position where he was trying to do too much. And you could tell by his performance that he felt as though that if he can get that um, validation, um, if he would have won or won enough games or um, let the Eagles win the NFC East or made the playoffs or did some type of run, maybe he could get that validation. Um, because like you said, no Nick Foles right now is that validation. And it's crazy because the caliber that Carson Wentz is was trying to reach Nick Foles is not on par, like on the same, I guess on the same level as Carson Wentz, as far as accuracy and throwing is concerned, but yet he has all the fan base, all the love because of his toughness and the fact that they actually won the Super Bowl. So Carson Wentz for whatever you know, it, maybe it was for whatever reason, he was really trying to do the best to just do too much in a way. Um, it, it felt as though that he was trying to overdo things um, when he wasn't, and it wasn't working. So um, I agree. I thought that when Jalen Hurts came in, he immediately was productive, um, basically off his mobility. So I thought that that was something that they needed as some type of jolt. So I'm very curious to see how this Sunday's game with him starting is going to be and how the rest of the players around him is going to react. Um, we'll see how it plays off. But like you said, Smooth, I agree. Come the end of this season, no matter what, something is going to have to give. And I think while fans is going to be pushing for Carson Wentz to, to something to happen to Carson Wentz, I just don't see that being a given yet. I'm gonna go out there <clears throat> on that limb and say and say this. A lot of this shit could have been avoided years ago. Hear me out. Y'all might call me foolish. Call me a lot of things, but here we go. The moment Nick Foles came in there and had that run and led them to the Super Bowl. This may sound outlandish as crap. This is right off of Blake Bortles having that great season leading Jacksonville to damn near to the Super Bowl. And then the following year, this, this fall off and wasn't that same quarter to, uh, quarterback. 
if Philly was smart, they should have taken that momentum that Wentz had, even though he was injured. Jacksonville needed a quarterback. Trade Wentz to Jacksonville. At that time, Jacksonville probably would have had to let him sit. Gardner Minshew probably still probably would have been that quarterback that following season while while uh, Wentz rehab because at the time Jacksonville wasn't sold on Minshew and they still aren't. Nick Foles would have stuck around and signed for some ridiculously low two, three year, 40, $50 million contract that would have kept Philly at a nice cap number and then kind of go from there. You still would have drafted your quarterback. They probably still would have got Jalen Hurts, maybe, depending on how the draft would have went. But that's what they really should have did. Instead of choosing between Wentz and Fol- and, uh, and, and, uh, and Nick Folk, or whatever the name, I can't figure it out right now. Nick Foles. Foles, there we go. Instead of making that choice and deciding to stick with Wentz, and Wentz is trying to live within that shadow and trying to be his former self for where he was before he got injured. I understand that he's a great quarterback, but you could at least got a little something for him by trading him to Jacksonville. Nick Foles probably wouldn't have been that QB. He probably would have regressed and did whatever, but you wouldn't be, they wouldn't be in that catch situation that they're in now. They wouldn't be in the situation that they're in now. And then you would easily just cut ties with the damn quarterback. You still would have had your coach, your coach, and then you try to rebuild, but yet, Philly fans would still be pissed off because that's just how they are. That's their fan base. But at least they still would have had their Super Bowl. Crazy as it sounds, but maybe that's the route they should have gone. Actually, I don't think a lot of Philly fans would have been that pissed if if they would have chose Foles over Wentz. And actually, it was a lot more reverence to Foles over over Wentz. Um, If they would have let Wentz go or, you know, kept Foles, you and her not a peep out of Philly. There'd have been some rumblings, but mm-hmm. Foles is more beloved because he got him a championship. And not so much that he won a Super Bowl, because you know, it happens. You know, a lot, you know, Trent Dilfer for God's sake has got a Super Bowl. Sure. But um, <laughs> but um the fact that when Wentz got hurt the next year and Foles got him back to the playoffs, won the playoff game and just lost the second one, you know, over a couple of bad, bad calls, that's what really endeared him to the Philadelphia fan base because they thought, oh. This wasn't a fluke. He could do it again. We just had a couple of bad breaks and a bad calls in that in that last game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I think that's when they should have did it. And I agree with you. I thought they should have kept Foles and got rid of Wentz. However, I knew the Eagles weren't going to do it because Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman gave up a lot to jump up in that draft and get Wentz. And they didn't want to cut bait with him because – you had to justify that decision and they gave up a heck of a lot to get them. And it would have been too, it would have been too quick for them from a face wise to kind of cut bait. Because if you, even if you decide to trade them to Jacksonville, like you said, they still want to got what they gave up to jump up and get wins. That is true. True. But they had to, but you had to bite the bullet because it was it was a bad situation. It's like how when Phil Sims and um, when he got hurt and Jeff Hosterley came in, and the next year they said Jeff, even though he 
you know, he, t- he he won a Super Bowl. They gave Jeff Hostetler the um the reins. They let him go. He crashed. He burned. And then they brought back in Phil Sims. I thought they should have did that with um with um Foles and Wentz. Let Foles come back. Let him run. Wentz is still in a rookie contract. And if Foles crashes and burns, then you can bring back Wentz, and then you can justify getting rid of Foles a lot better because you're gonna be like, ha ha ha, you know, it was just one year fluke. Wentz mm-hmm. got him there. He just got him over the hump. But once you let Wentz go and then he gets hurt again and then Foles comes in and wins another playoff game, you know, that was it. Certified God right there. <laughs> he he can go <laughs> Yeah, he can go to anywhere right now and not pay for a meal or a drink, period, for the rest of his life. Yeah. If he comes back to Philly, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. Um but I, I just wanted to get y'all thoughts on. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, no. What do you? Uh, with Foles uh, doing what he's doing right now in Chicago, he ain't necessarily setting the world ablaze. What is the odds that Philly brings him in, brings him back, and? ultimately cuts bait with Wentz. Say, so let's put it like this. Philly still has an outside chance to win and at least try to make the playoffs. Outside chance. Say Jalen Hurts goes out there, gives them that spark, kind of gets them there, whatever. But now it's an open competition coming into next next season. Do they bring in a Foles and say, okay, we don't necessarily hold three quarterbacks. We'll bring in the Nick Foles and say to be that third quarterback. Because if Wentz goes down that road and starts off crappy again, they're just going to cut him, let loose to try to trade him and then have Hurts and Foles as the two quarterbacks on the, on the roster. Can you see something like that? I don't I don't see that happening as long as Wentz is there. Now, if Wentz is gone first, and then if Foles is available, then I could see that as an opportunity. But as long as Wentz is there, I don't see them going back to get Foles first. I would see them doing Foles after the fact. But I don't see Foles and Wentz on the same team in Philly. I don't see that. Especially when they have now with Jalen Hurts now added into the mix. But who's the city necessarily sold on Hurts either? Well, they'll find out by the end of the season, but they wouldn't have brought him in at this particular juncture if they wasn't confident enough that um, Hertz could be productive. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that. Well, it's everything is still undetermined. I mean, you only. I, I, will, I will. I will agree with that. <laughs> everything is still undetermined. So this is their evaluation period for Hertz. So if they feel as though that Hertz at this stage, like the off season is going to be so unknown, Philly. Bottom line, especially in the quarterback position. Um, it, it's just that at the end of the day, you know, everything is a toss-up. The, the one thing that we do know now is that Wentz is no longer guaranteed that starting position. There's going to be a fight somewhere down the road. Whether he's still a part of the team or not, there's still going to be some competition for that starting QB job. The QB job is not officially in stone no more. Yeah, I, I could see something like Foles, no, because then you're going to have that backlash as far as well, why did you let – Foles go to begin with, you should have kept Wentz. I don't think the organization wants that. However, they're going to be in a, a major pickle. If Jalen Hurts comes in and lights it up and they win two, 
three games and sniff maybe the last wild card spot and the Giants or the Redskins falter. Like you said, Al, woof, that offseason is good. They're gonna be in, they're gonna be in a whole lot of trouble. Somebody really gonna have to go at that particular point. Without question. Without question. They had the opportunity to get rid of my man two years ago, bite the bullet. Sometimes you give up the farm, but sometimes you gotta recognize that you know what? It's cut bait now. No, this is football. You can you can get some assets back. I mean, if you gotta if you're gonna cut bait with them and you're concerned about XYZ, then may, you might as well just go do a fire sale. <laughs> Pull a <Now>, Jackson. <laughs> now it might be a little bit harder to do because you know the product on the field ain't been looking good. So you're gonna have a lot of people that's gonna be very um, bearish <laughs> exactly. on Wentz. Yeah, without question. That offensive line attack and say, look, keep whatever key defensive pieces like everybody else is dispensable. Pick who you want. Dylan Hurt got to stay. Everybody else can go. <laughs> you know, running backs are a dime a dozen, but offensive line, when you got a good one, you keep it. <laughs> no question. No mm-hmm. question. Um, but before we move on, um, real quick on some other NFL noise that I must, must address. Um, and I, I can't leave without talking about the New York Jets. Um, <laughs> So the New York Jets is still winless. Um, actually, they only had they had that game one in place, um, but thanks to one particular defensive call by one Greg Williams, which was very ill-fated, um, at the last minute, of course, they lost the game. Um, of course, uh, New York Jets safety Marcus May called them out, um, and eventually Greg Williams got fired because of this. Uh, so right now. Jets are still winless. Greg Williams is no longer have a job, but head coach Adam Gates is still employed. So let me get your thoughts on this as I get the fact that Greg Williams had to be let go. It was a very ill-fated call, definitely. But how is it that Adam Gates is still employed? He ain't had to get fired. <laughs> For what? The defense has been shitty all season. If they really wanted to get rid of him, they could have got rid of him after the fourth game. It didn't really matter. You know what I'm saying? The team as a whole is crap. <laughs> so just ride it out. Is this four more games? <laughs> and then cut bait with everybody. Oh, man, the head coach, you know, he's a dead man walking. <laughs> he know he's a dead man walking. So would you you fire my man just to save face to say, okay, I'm doing some shit. This make it seem like, you know, I I still got some pull on this team. But, dude, ain't nobody playing for you. And the Jets know as soon as they get rid of Gase and they put in a, uh, an assistant coach that they might, the team might actually like, they may mess around and start playing well. They are not trying to jeopardize that first pick of the draft. What they're trying to do is make Sam Darnold look pretty damn good these last couple of games so they can make him a nice little trade piece for somebody to pick up so they can get sunshine. And once they get sunshine in there, they're going to start all over again. But see, that's the Jets' problem from, you know, hell, we might as well go back to uh, to, to Sanchez, you know. <laughs> he had a nice little run, but when things got tough, they didn't want to stick it out and kind of ride with him. Gino wasn't the best quarterback in the world, but when they finished eight and eight, and he had a whole bunch of fourth quarter comebacks. 
the city was kind of high on him. So he had a pretty rough second season, and then they just wanted to get rid of him. You know, and that's, I mean, unfortunately, that's this New York as a whole. You know, if you're playing well, they love you. If you're shitty, they want you gone. So it goes both ways with the Giants, the Jets, the, the Yankees, the Mets, the Knicks, you name it, the Rangers. That's all sports in New York. But Greg Williams, yes, was it fireball offense? For sure. Was it worth firing at this point in the season? I don't know. <laughs> I, you took the words right out of my mouth, face. I, I, I agree with damn everything you said. I mean, <laughs> was it a fireball offense? Yeah. Did he need to be fired this game? What in this game outside of the bad last call and 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 I saw that play, it looked like to me like someone told that, you know, the, the safety, yo, don't catch him because he just slowed the hell up. I mean, he got behind him, but it just he he slowed up 10 yards before he got to the end zone. He just just basically let him walk right in. So they're all going to be fired anyway. So whether you did it now, whether you're going to do it into the, the season, I guess you want to give the appearance that a you're not tanking, and b that you're trying to you know look competent. But like like you said, Gase is dead man walking. It's it's a it's a done fact. Can Jacksonville overtake you and get that top pick? He damn sure could if you win two games. <laughs> Jacksonville doesn't win anymore, but they don't want to win any. They probably want to win at least one, <laughs> and hopefully Jacksonville wins two. And they get one, so they don't be stuck with that Owen whatever record. But at this particular point, the season is done. Why not let him ride out to the end of the season? Or you get rid of them all. If you'd have got rid of Adam Gase and Greg Williams all at the same time, I would have no problem with it. Energy. Energy. But I got a but I got a problem with you singling out Greg Williams. Like Gay said, the defense has not been that good all season, and the offense has not been good all season. And then a couple of days, yeah, Adam Gay's talking about he didn't do a good job of developing Sam Darnold. No shit. And guess what? As soon as you said that, the New, New York, um, the Jets front office said, if we get, you know, the first pick, you ain't fucking up another quarterback. Got that right. <laughs> so he basically just signed his resignation letter by making that statement about saying he didn't do a good enough job to develop Sam Darnold. And I think Sam Darnold is actually a decent QB. He's just in a bad situation. And if that bad situation is there next year, whether you got Trevor Lawrence, whether you got Justin Fields, whether you got the kid Trask out of Florida, who's looking pretty goddamn good, they're all going to look bad. Bottom line is this. Um, but it's the Jets. Yeah. Bottom line is this. There's four games left in the season. Like literally four game, four or five. Yeah, four games left in the season. So you're telling me that this is uh, I I'm, all right. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I'm not even going to say nothing else. I agree with you guys. I agree the fact that um, Greg Williams. It was okay. Yes, the play was bad, without question. The call was bad. Um, at the end of the day. He didn't deserve to be fired right now when there's four games left. So basically you based this whole decision off of one game that you were that close to winning. And off of that, mistakes were made. And truth be told, that wasn't the only mistake that was made. Like, they have to understand, like, you in a position – I'm still baffled the fact that Adam Gaze, number one, is still employed. 
Like, if you're going to go like this and fire four games left in the season, then the rest of the whole squad should have been gone, including the GM. Bottom line is, is that you're in a position now where you're trying to take ownership for something that you as a, as a GM, you as a head coach, failed to do for this whole season, but yet takes one game for you to realize that the defensive coordinator had to be let go. Like, that's like the pot calling the kettle black. Like you sitting here having a, it's, it's, it's mind boggling. The fact that Adam Gase is, I can't even, I, you know what? Greg Williams. Yes. He has his issues. Yes. He should have been let go, but he shouldn't have been the only one. I'm sorry. That's just, it's, it's ludicrous. The fact that Adam Gase is still employed coaching bottom line. And now you know, Jets fans up here is, is, is screaming screaming, literally screaming for Adam Gates to be let go. But yet he can do no wrong. Well, don't worry. He'll he'll find himself in somebody's uh power five coaching squad <laughs> somewhere in college. Because <laughs> I, I, I doubt he's gonna get picked up by anybody's NFL squad anytime soon. Yeah, that Maybe somebody's coordinator in the college level. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I mean, yeah, he could hide somewhere in, in the college level. That He could definitely hide there and, and stay hidden for the rest. He should. There's no reason for him to even come back up to the NFL because I have a feeling that he will not get no other coaching position, not no coordinator position, not no offensive coordinator position. Like, at this stage, I'm still baffled the fact that he said a couple of times that, yes, the offensive coordinator should be um, running the offensive plays. Like... <laughs> He can't even be a quarterback coach. Yeah. He, Based he off of that comment he made about Sam Darnold. He can't be special teams coach either. He, he's at this point where he is – he he shouldn't even be training. That's how it is right now. He, he, he screwed himself on the NFL level. Yeah, definitely. 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 Like you said, like you said, Ace, uh, he'll be somebody's power five conference head coach within, within the probably next three years. Mm-hmm. He done, or, or, he, or G5 school. Because he done burnt his bridges in the NFL. Yeah. But, but, he burnt just about all his bridges in the NFL. I'm not going to say never because there have been some people that that look bad in a couple of, you know, head coaching positions and still find a way to get employed by the NFL. Well, you know, that's that's just, that's just mind-boggling to me. But uh, I, I did want to ask about one other particular football team that uh, – Finally, finally ran out of the good luck. <laughs> I knew eventually that was going to come into play. <laughs> um, yeah, Pittsburgh, no. Pittsburgh finally, finally showed their true colors, man. <laughs> but I, I have to give Smooth credit because he did pick them. He big tick. Yeah, he did pick the team to beat them to beat them, and they did beat them. So. I called that shit too. I said I no, wouldn't no. be surprised. Huh? You said huh? you wouldn't you, you wouldn't be surprised, but he said, yeah, Washington football team is gonna be that team. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean they they've been they've been riding that fine line of just being lucky <laughs> for, for way too many weeks. <laughs> and I think that Bud Dupree injury really hurt them defensively. Yeah. And the fact that they have no zero run game whatsoever. You talk about a team 
that had faith in James Conner, and I thought he was going to have a hell of a hell of a career. I can't say that he still would be an excellent back, but I don't know. Is it the offensive line? Because from a passing perspective, maybe because Big Ben gets the ball out of his hand so quickly, it shows less deficiencies from a passing perspective. Mm-hmm. But from a running perspective, that offensive line is straight trash. Maybe because the Pouncy brother got hurt. Um, but something is totally wrong. I still think, obviously, that Pittsburgh is still. But Connor didn't play. Um, Connor didn't play this this past game. Because he hurt. He stayed hurt. Yeah. Well, yeah. True. He stayed hurt. True. And but yet they still have faith that he's going to be that back. You know, because obviously, you know, his story, him battling the cancer, coming back and doing whatever. It's a great story. Shout out to James Connor. But still, in the same sense, you know, everybody was sitting there pissy with uh, Le'Veon Bell and the way he went about it what he did as far as trying to get a contract. I'm not mad at Le'Veon Bell, but, you know, he screwed himself too because, yeah, he got paid with the Jets, but now he's just a guy in the NFL now, you know. I have a strange feeling that Le'Veon Bell could have a return back to Pittsburgh next season because he ain't going to stay in Kansas City. And Pittsburgh know they can get him on the cheap. <laughs> How about that? I'm surprised they didn't go after him. I, I don't see them having I don't see a return for 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 Le'Veon there. That breakup was bad. And yeah, a yeah. lot of people uh, it's one thing if the coach and the player have some beef, but when you got players plural. Were coming, you know, <laughs> plural players that were coming <laughs> talking slick about Le'Veon Bell, um I, I it's kind of it's kinda hard to bring him back. Yeah. Without question. I think that at the end of the day, I think that. Wait, you say something? I'm good. Okay. No, I was just saying at the end of the day, I just think that at where it stands, Le'Veon Bell is basically. I just don't. It, there's no reason for him to go back to Pittsburgh at this stage, not at this juncture. Too many burnt bridges. Um, I could see him just starting someplace else where the team needs and a viable running game um, like New England or some, you know, some team out there is going like, <laughs> to say, no, I'm just saying in general, some team out there that needs a running game will look, that's where he will look. Um, I think that he just went to, KF, to KC just because of the offensive power that they have, but he knew that he was going to be limited when in rushing anyway, because they already have their bona fide rusher there. Why'd he end up in San Francisco or Seattle? Uh, hey, Seattle was a possibility. Seattle. They I need something because their yeah. their running backs getting hurt left and right. Um, Definitely. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is only in a one year contract. I mean, so yep. so he'll be a free agent come next year. All I got to do is look good with Kansas City. Basically, mm-hmm. this is a showcase time for him. And mm-hmm. um, if he looks good, ooh, how is how is it going to look if Kansas City? winds up playing Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game, and Le'Veon Bell has opportunity to have a monster game against his old squad. Woo! Well, I can see it, because the Pittsburgh defense is like a save right now. You saw what Baltimore did to them? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Gashed them for over 200 yards rushing. What? It's What's possible. 
No, it was Baltimore. Baltimore did say that yesterday to somebody. Yeah, Baltimore got 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 um they got gashed by the Redskins, but the Ravens gashed yeah. the Cowboys. Yes, yes, sorry, yes, yes, it was the Redskins that gashed uh, uh Pittsburgh. Yep. I knew it was an R team. Oh well, the Washington football team versus Yeah. <laughs> Bottom right. line is this Pittsburgh has multiple chinks in their armor. True. What are they gonna do to correct it? Because Tom, you know, Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin's teams don't go out like that and play soft and do what this defense has been doing these past couple of weeks. So I'm curious to see what Mike Tomlinson is going to do to rectify the problem. And time will tell. Time will definitely tell um, what is going to be what's going to happen with Pittsburgh, but. Again, there's no more undefeated teams now in the NFL. So this is going to get very interesting. Um, so um, I don't think there's anything else NFL. So we're going to move a little bit right on to the NCAA college football. And, of course, um, like you said <laughs> last week, the Big Ten changes its rules to allow number four Ohio State to play in the championship game with their 5-0 and record. So, fellas, let me get your thoughts on the Big Ten changing its rules and what's your thoughts in regards to Ohio State now being allowed to play in the championship game for the Big Ten? I hope, like, hell, Northwestern kicked their ass in the championship. <laughs> uh, they ain't got to kick their ass. I just want to win. I don't care if it's by half a point or decimal point. I don't give a damn fraction. Just win. So they can shut up to say that Ohio State is one of the best four teams in the country. You know what? If the, I, I said it last week, and I'll keep I'll keep pounding the table, pounding the pounding the message. The four most deserving teams need to be in the playoffs this year. You know who's deserving? Coastal Carolina. They went out there, scheduled BYU. Everybody just thought BYU was going to kick their ass, and they went out there and punched BYU in the mouth and beat them, <laughs> fighting and everything. <laughs> I'm not saying Coastal Carolina will beat Alabama, but damn it, I was sure as hell tuning in to watch. <laughs> you can't tell me that the whole country wouldn't tune in to see Alabama, you know, try to kick uh, Coastal Carolina's butt. But you know what, though? That'll probably be one of the highest watched games of the season <laughs> just because it's Coastal Carolina. Is this somebody different? That's all people want is somebody different sometimes. No. <laughs> You think I wouldn't? You think I would not turn in to sit there and watch an NCAA championship game between Butler and Gonzaga? That ain't sexy. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll sit there and watch it regardless. <laughs> so why can't they do a football? Make it so that it's the deserving teams that get in this year. I mean, granted, if Coastal Carolina wins their division, wins their conference, whatever, which it looks like they already have, they're out there. They're undefeated. If if Northwestern beats beats uh, Ohio State, you can't tell me that Coastal Carolina can't go in there and hang tough with Northwestern. I'm sorry, I'm not saying they'll win, but I guarantee they'll sit there and hang tough. With them. They might get crushed by Alabama, but I said they'll they'll hang tough with the Northwestern. I'm sorry, so I I, I, I digress. I I'm just sick and tired of bending the rules to make it so that. 
the, the Blue Bloods can can make it so that it's the same four teams every freaking gosh. Oh. But I digress. Go ahead. As the former Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton said, I feel your pain. <laughs> so I think I was just hearing somebody say, why can't Ohio State schedule Texas uh, Texas A&M? Ohio State's available or Texas, A- Texas A&M's available. They said that. You know why? They don't want to take that chance and lose. <laughs> That's the bottom line. That's the whole bottom line. I guarantee right now, if Coastal Carolina was available, they would sit there and line up against them. But Ohio State would play them because they know they would probably win. They don't want to sit there and play somebody tough with the possibility of losing and then throw the Big Ten out of whack because they know that a, a, a Northwestern and an Indiana Big Ten championship game don't sound sexy. You know. Man. <laughs> that much more can be said about that. I mean, he's I agree with you. I mean, um, it was predictable, but like that. <laughs> Very predictable. I, I I thought they were going to change the rules before the game got canceled. However, you know, they just went ahead and just switched the rules. I'm I agree with you, Ace. I mean, if you can switch the rules and saying they don't need to have six games to get into the Big Ten championship then you can adjust that rule where you can say we don't have to play, you know, in-conference games. Yep. Well, I did find somebody. Somebody had played. Exactly. Somebody however, played. however, everybody was playing everybody's weekend or they can't play because of COVID reasons. So they just basically said, we'll just adjust the rules. Anyway, it's all about money. Big Tim want to ensure that Ohio State gets to the, gets to the, quote unquote big dance so they can ensure they're in a playoff so they can ensure that money comes to the big Ten. that's all of us i am not a true believer that ohio state is one of the four best teams in you know in the nation but if they lose northwestern so be it if they beat northwestern and get in there and they lose to alabama or they lose to a clemson which i believe they probably would so be it uh, I'm going to say this. <clears throat> um, I, 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 I know we talked about this. I know we joke about it. We, I know we say that, you know, um, that we want this to be a playing field. I'm going to be honest with you, straight up honest. And I heard, um, because I, I heard that um, First Take fellas were saying about um, Ohio State playing Texas A&M and all that stuff. I'm just going to be straight out, up and honest. My opinions you know, I, you know, this is just me and me alone. Ohio State is not the fourth best team in the NCAA football tournament. I mean, football, period. They're not the fourth. They're not the fifth. They're not the sixth. They're not the seventh. They're not the eighth. They're not the ninth. It's incomplete for me. Bottom line is, is that as long as you can't tell me that they're the fourth best team with five games. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't believe that. I don't care if you believe that they're the fourth team. I don't believe that they're the fourth team. You got so many teams that are under them that are undefeated still. You got Cincinnati. You got Coastal Carolina, like Ace said. You got all these other teams that won so many other games. But just because they only won five games, they're supposed to be the fourth best team. That's a bunch of malarkey. That's a bunch of – I can't even go beyond that. Like, that's the most idiotic thing that you can rank a fourth team with only five games when the mm-hmm. rest of the team out there played more than five games. And now you're going to tell me that the Big Ten is going to make adjustments just for Ohio State. The one team that you feel as though that can be in that, that top scene in the playoff team. I'm going to say this. 
like all jokes aside, the rest of the Big Ten teams that are ranked below should have some type of grievance and file some type of grievance against this. If I'm one of the Big Ten teams, that would be something I would do. I may lose my Big Ten, um, my Big Ten, quote unquote, you know, status with them. But like all truth, truth be told, I'm surprised that so many other double NCAA teams don't do something like that. Like Cincinnati has a good argument to be like, yo, I should be ranked up in a higher seed than Ohio State or Coastal Carolina, of course, is doing it in the fields. I'm just saying like there should be more people upset about this. But the fact is, if nobody speaks out about this or against this, this is going to continue to keep going. This is going to be a continued cycle. This is going to be a repeat offense. Alabama is going to play two games next season and still be ranked number one while the rest of the teams play more than 12 games. It's going to be a problem. It's, it's, this, 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 is, this is really an issue. I don't care that you feel as though Ohio State is the fourth best team in the nation. They are not the fourth best team in the nation with five wins. That mm-hmm. just cannot happen. But, but even, yo, in, in your defense, Al, in your defense, let's talk about who the hell Ohio State played. Nebraska, they beat Nebraska. They trash. They beat Penn State. We know Penn State is trash. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Rutgers. We know Rutgers is up and coming. Rutgers at least gave him a little game. But Rutgers is still the bottom feeder. I'm not going to say they trash because I'm from Jersey. I respect them, whatever. Michigan State, trash. <laughs> The only team that played that they played that was halfway decent was Indiana. And nobody will give Indiana the respect that they deserve when they were a top 10 team. And they're still ranked in the top 15. So out of five games, they played one halfway decent team and the rest were trash. But yet we still consider them to be one of the top four teams in the country. Al, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Continue with your soapbox rage. I'm, all I'm saying is, is that at the end of the day, all these other NC college football teams that are ranked below, knowing that they should be ranked above, should be having some type of argument. There should be some type of grievance with the NCAA. Like, how is the fact that you still got Ohio State being the fourth ranked team? And there are so many teams under them that are equally. You're going to tell me that with the amount of teams that they play, you're going to tell me that Ohio State, who is five and zero, is on is way above Colorado, who is ranked twenty one with a four and zero record. That's on the same level. You're going to tell me that Ohio State is better than Colorado at in regards to rankings is concerned. You're going to tell me that Ohio State is better than Coastal Carolina, who's won more games, twice as many games as they have, and still undefeated. You're going to tell me that Ohio State is better than. Then any of these Cincinnati who are still 8-0, come on. I don't believe that. None of the people believe that. As a matter of fact, there should be more people that should be venting against this. Like, that's what I don't see. And that's what needs to happen. In order for the NCAA to get the brunt of this and understand what is really going on, like you said, Smooth, it is a money thing, so I get that. But if there was more people that was bitten against this, then if more noise were made, some changes might be happening. But no one is going to be vocal about it. I mean, to be honest, I'm surprised Cincinnati, like the University of Cincinnati is not speaking out. I'm pretty sure Coastal Carolina is like, upset about this because the most that they can get ranked is 13 and they have a 10 and 0 record. They're undefeated. 
Like, so there should be more people vocal about this. I don't care about what the, like the ESPN people or anybody say because Ohio State, they feel as though Ohio State is the fourth best team in the country. They're not the fourth best team in the country. Just because you want to see them play doesn't mean everybody else want to see them play. Bottom line is this. We need to have more diversity in the college football playoff rankings. That's how it should be. You can't tell me that Ohio State is the fourth best team with a 5-0 and record. Next year, you're going to tell me Alabama is the number one team with a 2-0 record and don't have to play any other teams because their 2-0 record makes them the best team in the, in, in, in the NCAA college football. It don't work that way. The more games that you win, the better record that you have should be value for all conferences, not just the SEC, not just the Big Ten, also the Big 12, the Pac-10. All these conferences should have an equal level playing field to make it in the college football championship series, bottom line. And if that doesn't work, there should be more people vocal about this. I don't care about one. Like I said, I'm tired of Ohio State. I'm tired of Alabama. I'm tired of all these teams up there that's always there. Notre Dame is independent to a certain extent, but they're independent to the point where they're up there. But yet Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, I don't want to see none of them no more. I'm tired of seeing them. And to be honest, they could easily say, you know what? I could only play one game and win one game against uh, 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 Cop- a Grambling State and still be ranked number one. I don't have to play any other teams, and yet I will still make it to the college championship series. That's going to be a problem, and I'm telling you right now, if y'all allowing this to happen with a 5-0 and record, then it's going to be a problem with more teams, and y'all going to be sitting there talking about, yeah, they are the number one team with a 2-0 and record. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be that way. Like It shouldn't be that way. The more game, if there's a limit, Number one, that should have stayed there. You don't make changes because you want your Ohio State to make it in a championship series. And I'm be honest with you, just like Ace and Smooth, like just like Nice and Smooth said, if they lose, I don't want to hear nothing. Because truth be told, the Big Ten is putting this on themselves. Y'all betting everything on Ohio State making it to the college championship series. And y'all don't care about the rest of the squad in the Big Ten conference. That's going to be a problem. A lot of people need to be more vocal about it. I, I mean, like we should be, there should be so many other people be like, this is a problem, but yet nobody's saying it. Well, first of all, <laughs> I always like to say this, tell the white man, son. Tell the white man. <laughs> <laughs> but, like you said, we get to the point where we're just like, it's, this is stupid. Like, I'm, I'm just being dead serious. This is dumb. Like, I, you can't I, tell me that you're going to allow a five and O team to be in a college championship series just off of five wins. And like a said, these are not quality wins. Like you are. All right. I'm I'm done. It's not quality wins. Like they straight trash. (laughs) It's bottom line, bottom line. I'm I'm like, I'm it's, it's, it's like, I'm getting a headache. Right. Just thinking about it. It's, this is ridiculous. First of all, the blame got to be on the Big Ten. And I say that because not because they wanted to sit there and be quick about, no, we're not playing due to the pandemic, but then they see the Big 12 and some other conferences have some sort of success, uh, success and then other other conferences jump on and blah, 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 blah. I ain't even saying all that. I'm saying it because just as easy as they could sit there and adjust to let a five-win you know a five win team make it to the Big Ten championship, 
they should be able to sit there and say, well, if if we have a team that's open and there's another team in the country that can sit there and play, allow them to play. But like I said before, Ohio State is not going to sit there and take that chance and play against a team where they have that opportunity to lose because the Big Ten, like 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 Knight, you know, Smooth said, mm-hmm. they don't want to have that blemish because they want that money. That's the bottom line. It's all about the dollars and cents. But see, that's what that's the beauty of March Madness. You know what I'm saying? Because they check that all that ego shit at the door. It's like, look here, man. If you want this, you got to win. You know, if you're if you're freaking um, if you're freaking Duke or you're Kansas or you're Kentucky, we got you as a one seed. Yeah, we're gonna put you up against a 16 seed. But we saw what happened to Virginia ass. <laughs> exactly. It's always that one time the light was shining on the dog's ass. Exactly. You went in there and took that and took it to damn Virginia. And that's all we want. <laughs> we want that opportunity to see the little man come in there and slay Goliath. And have that opportunity to sit there and say, we whooped their ass. Yeah. Virginia just played VCU in a tournament a couple of days ago, and Virginia tapped that ass. But you know what? VCU could always come back and sit, and sit there and say, well, you know what, though? When you was the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, we whooped your ass. And you were all we will always be that that dude. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, like you said, with all these small teams like Gonzaga um in the NCAA now being known, Butler being known in the NCAA basketball and stuff like that, like it's just having that opportunity there mm-hmm. is is what needs to happen. And I truth be told, like I'm gonna be honest with you, like the fact that the matter is that all these other Pac-10, the Pac, you know, all these other conferences, it's not even sniffing the college football playoff series, and they could go, their teams could go undefeated, and they're not even sniffing the college football championship series. That alone should be enough where the conferences should be saying something. And the fact of the matter is that the conference is not even saying anything about it. Like, I know that they're getting to the point where they're tired of being up there with top teams. Like, you can have, like, a UCLA or Stanford or Oregon be ranked high up there and be undefeated, but yet they don't even get to, like, the top 10 or the top five in the college football championship series or in the rankings because of the fact is they're in the Pac-12. Like, they want a chance and an opportunity to prove themselves. And that's really what the bottom line is. They don't even get that opportunity to prove themselves, even if they're undefeated. And I'm pretty sure that they're tired of that. And that's where I'm coming from. I'm coming from the fact that these conferences, these other conferences that don't even sniff the college football series, like, y'all really need to be vocal about this. Y'all really need to take a stand and say, you know what? We've been having consistent like top tier college footballs in our actual conference. There should be no reason why we should be up. We we can't be up there playing in a college football championship series. And until that happens, it's always going to be the same SEC teams. It's a problem. It's a problem. It is a overall problem. (laughs) It is not just an Ohio state big 10 problem. It's an overall problem with the whole way they, rank college football as a whole but and it's, it's money pure money they made that they made that well known the moment they decided to send all the students home and work virtual and keep all the football players up there because they said we can quote unquote control the bubble at school and they're safer there than they are at home 
Well, guess what? That ain't the case. So <laughs> guess what I'm hoping? You know what? Ohio State, to change the rules. That was predictable. If they beat Northwestern, okay. But you know what I'm going to be pulling for? Florida to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. Oh, that'd be nice. Because but you know if, Florida, but if Florida beats Alabama, they're not dropping out Alabama, but it's going to be not. hard. It's going to be hard for them to keep Florida out that top four and justify Ohio State in that top four. Ah. Mm. Mm. Now that's, a, that's an interesting oh, theory. Because they want to put two SEC teams in there, but they're trying to be a little bit more judicious about the conferences in there. But if Northwestern, if they, if they beat Northwestern, and if Florida beats Alabama, that's going to be a nightmare problem for them because Alabama ain't dropping out. But interesting. That's interesting. That's interesting. And then they got to hope. Then they got to hope, like they got to pray like crazy that Clemson beats Notre Dame. Well, you know, it's funny that you should say that because um, just to piggyback off your point with the Pac-12, you understand the reason why the Pac-12 is playing Sunday Sunday night football now. And they're playing football games at 9 o'clock in the morning now on Saturday mm-hmm. because they want to seem relevant. Because they don't feel as though because they're on the West Coast, nobody sits, stays up and watches their games. So now they're trying to do everything possible to keep their asses relevant so that voters or whatever can sit there and watch them games when Ohio State would sit there and play their game. So those kids are now sitting there playing games at nine o'clock in the morning, you know, West Coast time, just so that they have a fighting chance to do make the playoffs. But yes, Earl, that that is brilliant. Yes, that is very brilliant. Florida does beat Alabama. They playing this weekend? Uh, or are you just talking about the SEC championship? The SEC championship game? No, they probably play them next weekend because Alabama plays Arkansas, which is going to be a win. But I think Florida is done. But I think this is Alabama's last game. Oh yes, that would. Oh well. Oh, by all means, <laughs> if Florida beats Alabama and it's a close game, Florida, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame is in. And that's a wrap. Ohio State's going to be an outside looking in. And they're going to be crying because they're going to sit there and say, well, we're undefeated. We beat Northwestern. But they're going to say, the only teams that you you did beat was Northwestern and Indiana. And then on paper, they're going to sit there and say they're not with traditional ranked teams that you would typically beat. But if that was the They'll case, then to. they wouldn't be ranked now. Like, you, you got to understand, if, if that was the case, then they wouldn't be ranked where they are right now. Well, actually, two things would, 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 would make things very interesting. Florida beats Alabama, and Notre Dame beats Clemson again. Yes, hmm. because Clemson would damn sure fall out. Alabama not really going out, oh, but then it will be hard to justify Florida out. Clemson would have to fall out because they have two losses. There's just no way. And then they will turn around and sit there and say Ohio State's in, but Ohio State would be the number four team. But how can you say? Florida shouldn't be number four when they just beat the number one. Oh, then no. It, I guess at this point it would be a Notre Dame, Florida, Alabama, Ohio State. If Notre Dame beats Clemson again in the championship game. Florida, Alabama. Yeah. Unfortunately. But that's saying Ohio State beats Northwestern. Yeah. Because if Ohio State loses the Northwestern, then they'll probably put Texas A&M in that place. Yeah. Because yeah. they're number five. Well, like I said, put it like this. 
if, Alabama, if Florida beats Alabama, it's going to throw everything in a tizzy because then that's going to make that Notre Dame Clemson game even more interesting. And Ohio State is going to be clutching their pearls, you know, <laughs> praying for a, a, a pretty good outcome because they're going to be that, you know, number four. That's going to that's really number five on the outside looking in. And like you said, the Texas A&M is going to be like, well, what about us? Yeah, our question. I mean, and they have every right at this stage. They rank number five. Right. So, but we'll talk more about this. <laughs> we'll definitely, we'll definitely talk more about this because um, this is definitely not over. Before we go, because I know it's getting late, uh, can, can we talk about the possibility of a Harden to the 76ers? Well, first things first, we need to talk about the trade that happened. Um, John Wall to Houston oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for um, Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, so now Russell Westbrook is now in Washington, D.C., hanging out with the Washington, yeah, Wizards. Um, it's about to say Washington football team. And John Wall is now with the Houston Rockets. Um, doesn't change anything because James Harden right now is, um, well, hasn't officially returned back to training camp. But right now he is being um, quarantined uh, to make sure that he is um, tested negative for the virus before he can start back with training camp. Um, but yes, there are takes now that James Harden um, still doesn't want to be a part of the Rockets. Um, there's quote unquote talks. Um, so they're saying that right now the the closest is the the closest trade right now that's gaining traction, of course, is James Harden to Philadelphia, um, most likely for Ben Simmons. Uh, so let me get your thoughts on that um, real quick before we sign off. The trade or well, the, the trade, trade, the trade, the, the first, the first trade for John Wall to for Russell Westbrook, and then the trade. Oh well, then the talk, the rumor trade talk of James Harden possibly going to the Sixers. Ah, the John Wall trade with Russell Westbrook. Not sure it's going to move the needle as far as keeping. What we've seen is not moving the needle for keeping him there, um, but I think um, the Wizards got the better end of that deal with um, Russell Westbrook. Um, as far as James Harden to Sixers, interesting. Um, Harden is out, whether it's going to be by trade deadline or next year, he's going to have to go. I mean, you got a malcontent there. Um, he'll probably, you know, I'm not going to say that because we've seen some, some wild things happen in the NBA. But my gut says Harden will be playing there at at least the beginning of the season. I'm not sure about the trade deadline, though. I would hope. From my understanding, from what I've been hearing on, on the, from the media, such that John Wall is playing some pretty good basketball. Um, and he is much more of a legit point guard than, say, Russell Westbrook, in my opinion where John Wall is looking to score, but he's also legitimate, you know, he's not afraid to pass the ball and get others involved. Not to say that Westbrook doesn't do that, but Westbrook is definitely a score first type of thing and then kind of get everybody else involved, where I think Wall is willing to sacrifice his game a little bit, knowing that he has a heart in there, but also knows that he could take a big shot and do what he needs to do to get his points as well. I would, it would be behoove, in my opinion, 
Harden to at least try to give that a go. And if it doesn't work within the first 20 games, then what the hell? Why not then trade them to the Sixers for for uh, for Ben Simmons? Uh, but then I just don't know how. What what position would Ben Simmons play? What, what initially when Philly had a point guard, uh, Markel Fultz and, and company? What position did Fultz uh, did uh, Simmons play? The, the two, the three? I think it was a point. Uh, he was. I think it was like a point four. I mean, a point forward, like the the four or something like that. Point Even when they had directly. a with, with Fultz or whoever it is that they had at the point guard at the time. Yeah. I, well, um, I think what it was initially. No, Simmons was the point. I think Simmons was the point, regardless. And when Markel Fultz came in, he was. You got to match because Markel Fultz didn't come into the telling of the um, end of that season because he was injured. And they right. were still working on his jump shot. Right. Um, that was where the focal point was. So when he came in, I don't think – I think Ben Simmons was the point guard no matter what. So I guess my question would be, I understand that it makes sense for, from a, a star power aspect to get a Simmons for a Harden plus some other pieces. Mm-hmm. What, what position would he actually play knowing that he ain't playing the point guard? He doesn't shoot well enough to be a three – to be honest, like it's it, we're in a we're in a world right now where there's so much positionless basketball. Um, so like if the trade was to be made, even though John Wall would also run the point, I could also see him and um Simmons, they would have figured out sharing responsibilities some way, shape, or form. Why can't we have old school basketball back when a point guard was a guard? You know, you had to you had to you sniper the two and the three. He had a he had a true bona fide center, and he had power forward who meant some. Damn, I missed <laughs> I missed that style of basketball. Yeah, yeah. But- if if they were to trade Harden and get Ben Simmons, you would have John Wall <clears throat> as probably as your point in, or you switch him up, John Wall and Ben Simmons to be a back guard, and they can go point guard, shooting guard, wherever you want to make it. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, to be honest, like you said, I could see it where Ben Simmons run the point, and they'll make. John Wall, the all <laughs> So there's there there could be some things happening there, um, if that was to be made. And to be honest, with the addition of Boogie Cousins and Christian Wood, there they could be. I mean, to be honest, James, I would agree with you, Space. Um, James Harden should have let this play out because I, I think that with the, the additions that they had brought in, I think they could be a formidable squad with what they have. And I agree. He should do it first twenty games and let it ride out. See what mm-hmm. happens. Bottom line, but we'll see, definitely see how that goes because the NBA season is going to be starting shortly, um, roughly by next week. Preseason is starting this weekend, I believe. So, um, with that being said, it's it's far past the time. So, um, let folks know where they can reach you at. Somewhere in a bunker, staying away from infected folk. <laughs> But you can also talk to me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. Uh, you can you can find me on Snapchat and the gram at J.E. Ross, the number seven. And uh, a quick um, word of advice to King James. And we can get back, we can get into this next next call. You please stop trying to justify why you think you're the, the GOAT. No need to talk about your two best finals or the most difficult uh-huh. finals ever won was against the Golden State Warriors in the bubble because it 
It really wasn't. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am our calls, Twitter, Instagram, I am our calls. And also, side note, um, if you can just off, off of that, um, let that whole issue between LeBron and Kyrie go. I mean, it's over. Like, just because Kyrie says something, I mean, it's like he said that, like, at the beginning of, like, when he first came to Brooklyn. So why is everybody bringing up old stuff? And why does James have to, you know, respond to it? He doesn't have to respond to that. That's old news. Like, move on. Everybody's in different cities. Everybody's in different teams. I mean, whatever y'all did in Cleveland, you know, is all good. But y'all both need to move on, bottom line. Focus mm-hmm. on what you what teams are in now. Stay in that. Don't talk about past conversations at this stage. Nobody really wants to hear it. Because it hurts, man. Because all I cared about was him and making sure he was an MVP. To be honest, at this stage, is it really? Is it, I mean, y'all want to chip together. Just stay there. Accept that. Move on. Like being up the past ain't gonna help. And I say that for both. Not just saying it to James. I'm saying it to Kyrie too. It's 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 over. It's over. Stay where you're at right now. Focus. I mean, to be honest, with Kyrie, you don't speak in media anyway. So just stay focused on basketball and just keep it moving. Say, James, you you know, I know you're doing your media thing, but it's not that serious. Just focus on Lakers. You don't have to comment about everything past. All right? Cool. Now, with that being said, we'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Appreciate all the love and support. Make sure you subscribe to Guys Talking Sports. We're there. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify, all the podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're there. You name it, we're there. So we appreciate all the love and support. You guys take care. Make sure y'all wear a mask. Make sure y'all practice social distancing. Make sure y'all don't come together knowing that you've been out there with no mask on. Please, please, it's important that we stay protected. We got to protect each other. We can't just be out there willy-nilly like Cedric the Entertainer says and just doing things just just off the fly. We can't do that. We got to stay protected. Make sure you cover yourselves. Not just protect yourselves, you're protecting your loved ones too. So make sure you do that. Catch us again next time, next week, same channel. Until then, guys, take care. God bless. Have a good one. Stay safe. And get some rest. Enjoy vacation. Holiday season is up. Happy holidays to everybody out there.